What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Progressive Gentleman Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Dan. I'm Matt. And thanks for taking the time to nerd out about music with us. Uh, it's It's been a while. Um, <laughs> it definitely we, uh, has. We've been quite busy with our uh, with our everyday lives between work and just life and Matt school for you. I know has been kind of kicking your ass a little bit and yeah. Uh, plus mid vacation season, uh, been trying to sort of separate uh, from all the all the hustle and bustle of of existence. <laughs> yeah, but um, need to need the downtime. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's good to be back and uh, good to be back with an episode that actually isn't a band interview. Uh, Unless that's been sort of your favorite thing about what we've been doing, then sorry. But um, there's definitely we'll have more, more on... though. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, there's more on the way. So, um, you know, keep your eyes out for that. We don't want to uh, we don't want to spoil anything. But we've been in talks with some other bands, so definitely looking forward to that. But you know, it'll be nice to sort of just talk about music in general for for a change. And uh, in particular, we want to talk about some records that have dropped this year that are kind of, you know, that were, have been heavy in our rotation that, you know, may or may not end up on a top 10 album of the year list at the end of the year. Um, it's kind of, you know, kind of a mid-year check-in about, you know, what, uh, what's been heavy in our rotation and what we think you should check out. Yeah, um, yeah, kind of our, like, here's our, you know, our potential contenders for album of the year or top albums of the year and uh, let you guys know what we're listening to and what uh what you should check out yeah and i know like we've not you know with how busy our lives have been we've not uh there's definitely some records out there that we haven't spent enough time with or haven't really checked out at all i mean i know when i started looking um you know what's been released so far there have been some where i was like oh god i need to i need to go check that out Um, (laughs) yeah yeah i was uh I did the same thing. I was like checking the like wikis and stuff of like metal albums released this year. And I was like, Oh crap, I need to listen to that one and that one. And so now I went from a list of, I think I had like 10 going on my file. And then, uh, I, over last night, I'm now up to 32 albums and that's not including the ones (laughs) that haven't formally been announced (laughs) either. So, cause there's, there's a lot sort of on the, on sort of, the horizon as well i mean tesseract is teasing a new single uh and are going to be dropping a record this year uh contortionist has been sitting on an album who knows what's going to happen with that but hopefully we get that at some point i know silent yeah. planet's teasing new material um there's a lot there's a lot coming out uh from some pretty big names so i'm curious with that silent planet one what they'll do since uh was it um thomas their bassist and the like the clean vocalist is uh like stepping out of the the band. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know and I don't know, but I know they have some material that's already been recorded. Um whether or not it's a full album's worth or if we're going to get just like an EP or something of what's what's recorded before they sort of move on to whatever their next steps are. Um I don't know exactly what we'll get. I know uh when I saw them a few months ago with the plot and you um in a void and Kane Hill I think opened um they played a new song that night. So I know they have new material. It's just whether or not it's, yeah, whether or not it's fully recorded or, or how much of it they have, but I know it's kind of on the horizon. So hopefully, hopefully we get a full release uh, with that era of silent planet before they sort of move on to whatever's next for them. Um, Yeah. But just to to further clarify sort of what, uh, what our goal with this episode is um, we both sort of came up with five records um, 
and there was some crossover. So we have a total of seven records. <laughs> these records may or may not be on our list at the end of the year, but these are sort of the records that we've been listening to the most. So sort of have kind of the most to most to say about and, uh, and are contenders. Like we wouldn't talk about a record if we didn't think that there was a chance that it would be there at the end of the year. Um, so without further ado, I think we want to start out uh, with the first record, which is The Ocean or The Ocean Collective, depending on what they're going by that day. Um, <laughs> yeah, they do flip-flop <laughs> in the handles and the way people refer to them. Right, um, and they released a record called Halocene, which is the last record, I believe, in their like Jurassic sort of theme. I don't know exactly what, but you know, if, if you listen to them, you know they sort of have records based on like different periods of like Jurassic times or whatever. Um, and this is the last in that series. Um, and I think it's probably the most controversial because it's very much like diving headfirst into that like electronic sound, um, which is strange that I'm, I want to talk about this record because <laughs> I usually hate that. Yeah, um, we're, we're flip flop this time. Yeah, but um, but for some reason it just clicked with me. It's it. And again, it has sort of like a tool sound at times, um, which again, I'm not a huge tool fan either. So it's kind of strange, but like it, it's less in that industrial sound that you see a lot of these metalcore bands sort of adapting like North Lane. Um, that's one of the main reasons I'm not a big fan of their more recent work. Um, it, it doesn't super jump into that industrial sound. It's more like, you know, ambient synths and stuff like that. It's very... Yeah, if it creates this ambient soundscape that I kind of actually really dig while still remaining heavy, just kind of in a different way. Um, like the the opening song could be a Toll song, like that pre-Boreal track. Yeah. But then there's another track called like Suborial that very much has like a good mix and like kicks into like some real heavy riffage at the end and uh, heavy vocals, sort of yeah, what you come to expect from them. Yeah, that that actually like um because I listened to this album like a while ago and like I think I just didn't I really wasn't like fully invested in like listening when I was going through it and I just kind of was one of those ones that I like listened to it and was like, yeah, all right. And then like set it and forget it kind of deal. Um but then you had me listen to Saboreal uh shortly before the podcast again. And I was like, "Oh man, I really like this. I need to go back and and listen to it again." So it didn't make my top five, but I, after you telling me to listen to that track, that definitely vibe with me. So, you know, that might, uh, shoot up my list more when I give it another, another go. Yeah, for sure. And that, I, honestly, it kind of grew on me as well. As I've said on other episodes, like, um, I'm more and more in my old age, sort of going like less and less heavy, not every, you know, I still love heavy music. Um, and, uh, and still vibe with it a lot and heavy albums have made my top 10 still. It's not like I don't listen to it at all. It's just, I feel like I have more, I'm more accepting of less heavy music than maybe I once was when I was in my like metal elitism sort of <laughs> like era, so to speak. And, uh, you know, now that I've kind of gotten away from that and, you know, opened my mind, I would say, um, and have become more open to music like that. I feel like, I notice certain things and I'm and more uh, into just the composition of, of music more than just like try to melt my face off, try to, 
give me constant like stank face. Like I'm not super, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's not a requirement for me anymore. So records like this have sort of, you know, an opening to sort of grow on me. And this one definitely did. Yeah. I think weirdly my tastes have gotten heavier over the years and gone the, the other way with it, but I do very much enjoy like clean vocals and like softer stuff. Like I, I think music that blends the two well actually is kind of exciting because it like diverts your expectations of like, you get this like really chill, like ambient thing. And then it just like hits you with this wall of sound that you're like, Whoa, I wasn't prepared for that. So I think like those type of bands keep it interesting. And that Saboreal song did really like, I kind of, I must've been like doing something when I was listening to that album and just like missed a lot of, a lot of the interesting parts. So yeah, I definitely sure. need to go back and check that out again. Yeah, definitely. And they don't, uh, they don't do it as much as they have in their like past records. I do think this is more ambient slash electronic, whatever you want to call it, synthy leaning than, than their previous records, but they do it enough. And honestly, when they do it on this record, because it's not as frequent, I feel like it's more impactful. Um, Hence, like, why that Saboreal song sort of really is a standout track. Um, but overall, the record's great, um, especially if you're more into, like, that Tool, prog sort of post-ambient rock sound. Um, I think so you really words. dig this. Oh, yeah. Too, <laughs> it's hard to put bands like that in a box, you know? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, if, if that sounds like something you're into, definitely check that record out. Um. And moving on to another record, one that we've talked about before, and we actually talked about it with the people who wrote it. Um, yeah, it was actually our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you listen to our most recent episode, we interviewed a band called Divinex. They just dropped a record called Dreamscapes, and it is fantastic. Um, it is kind of, if you've, if you've listened to their first record, um, their first full length, uh, it's, it's very much like a continuation of that, like the the instrumentation's on point, just the, the songwriting is on point. Um, it, it's just sort of a technical masterpiece. I mean, it's, it's very much um, a continuation of Create, Effect, Repeat. And, but they, they still drop a couple things in there that you don't expect. Um, and in particular for me, uh, the track Alika, which again, I talked about this, but I don't know if we went because we talked about it with them, but I don't think we talked about it on the interview because they were kind of keeping it a secret that there are yeah. vocals. Yeah, because it hadn't uh, released at the time. So we like subtly hinted at it, but it didn't actually explicitly say. But yeah, the, the vocals in Olika. Yeah. So so vocals come out of nowhere um, in a song where it's just, you know, it takes you on a journey. It's almost a 12 minute long song um, and it's, you know, more than halfway, I think, into the song that the vocals just kind of drop in. And uh, you don't expect it. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, shit, this is like next level. Um, yeah, but. that album is so good. It's honestly like, I mean, I like instrumental metal, you know, like intervals and, and Pliny and stuff. But I feel like there are a lot of instruments, especially in like the prog gent space. There are a lot of like instrumental gent bands and prog, <laughs> prog metal bands. Um, and I feel like some of them can just be like a dime a dozen kind of can be sort of like stale, bland, but I don't know. like they do such a good job of making the music so interesting and so different that like, it's, it's just like a refreshing 
uh, you know, from the instrumental prog space, I think. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of instrumental bands just kind of write to write songs just to shred. Like, let's just see how much we can yeah. shred on a song. Where I feel like Divinex sort of writes with a purpose. Like, they in, they intentionally write their songs to flow in a way that like that keeps you captivated. And I think like you know, and in the interview with them, they said they they sort of take a page out of like Between the Baritimes book, where it's like you know, everything flows together and then end on a banger. And I feel like they do that on this record as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, everything about this record is exactly kind of what I expected out of this record. Um, just being a fan of, of them before this dropped and of their first record. And I mean, in 2017, I had it like, I think second on my album of the year list. So I'm not surprised that we're talking about this record now. Um, I'm excited to see kind of where this ends up with how many great records are dropping this year or have already dropped. But yeah. uh, expectations were high, and I feel like they they definitely like met expectations or maybe exceeded expectations with some of the surprising stuff that they drop on this record. Yeah, it's, I think that's the thing is like when you set a bar high and then they end up meeting or exceeding it, then it's like, all right, this this belongs here. And I feel like it makes it harder, at least from my standpoint, for it to like move down the list because I was like, well, you, I had this bar set for your pre based off of your previous music. And then not only did you meet that expectation, but then you kicked it up a notch that it's like, oh man, you guys, you're killing it. So, you know, I think that's part of the reason why some albums fall lower on my list because it's like I was so excited for the album and then it comes out and it kind of falls flat and I was like ah and it's sort of I don't know like maybe it's just a mental thing for me but when it doesn't meet my expectations I'm like oh this album stinks yeah and like you know there are bands like Animals as Leaders where you know what to expect out of their records that like heavy genty sort of chuggy stuff with obviously the technical masterpiece you know they're they're all every you know Tosin Abasi is a genius um, yeah, but and then you know you know what to expect from like a Pliny record too. You got your bright tones, your um, you know the occasional sort of like heavier riff, but like for the most part things stay bright. Um, there's kind of like that interesting divide between like your Animals as Leaders style instrumental bands and then your like Pliny, Jacob Zytecki, David Maximisi, like that side of things. And I feel like Divinex almost like walks in the middle. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. get a little bit of both. Which is, I think, why I like them because uh, I love, you know, the Pliny esque stuff. I love the Animals as Leaders esque stuff. It's interesting to see a band sort of mix the two styles. Um, yeah, and they and do I, it so well. Yeah, and I think that's why it feels so refreshing too, because it's like if you have, I don't know, 40 minutes or whatever of an album that's all like, bright tones the whole time and then maybe you've got like one little like chunky riff and and then it kind of like by the time you get through the album you're like okay that that's enough and i mean not always yeah and it's not always that way sometimes you're just in that mood and like oh yeah this just this hits right but uh, sometimes it's like i just i want to mix it up a bit and i think divinx does a good job of like they hit you with heavy stuff and then they go into this very like pretty fluttery sounding bright tone stuff. And it's like, just when you're getting to that point of like, all right, I need something heavy. It's like, well, here it is. And, yep. and it hits, it's well. Yep. So Divinex dreamscapes, definitely check that record out. It's on our radar pretty high. And, uh, 
yeah, looking forward to seeing sort of how it grows too and how it, how, you know, the staying power of a record, you know, it's really, if it can stand the test of time, if we're still thinking about it, listening to it, talking about it in December, then you know, it's, it's, it's one that's going to be with us for a while. Yeah. Um, and I think it's definitely got that potential. Um, but another record that I want to talk about, it's a band that my first ever concert, uh, my first ever metal concert, I should be specific. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, two, two records by this band sort of are all time records for me. But since those two records, I've not been as high on them. And that's August Burns Red. Uh, they just dropped a record called Death Below. Um, and I actually get some like Messengers era influence. I think maybe because they were touring Messengers in Constellations in its entirety, like two of their most recent tours. Um, but I feel like I get a lot of that influence in this record. Yeah, I definitely agree with that too. There's a lot of that that flavor. Like I think those tours probably reignite of like, we should go back to that. And so they kind of dug back to the roots a bit. And it's interesting because there are also moments on this record where I feel like they're the heaviest they've ever been. Um, But then there's also moments on this record that give me like Avenged Sevenfold vibes for some reason. (laughs) Um, Oh no. I don't know know if it's like the vocal layering or if it's like, uh, like him trying to do like a half clean, half, like heavy vocal style, or I don't even know what it is, but there are parts of this record that for some reason, Avenged Sevenfold popped into my brain. Not necessarily in a bad way. I'm obviously not a, well, not obviously, I guess I'll be specific. I'm not a huge Avenged Sevenfold fan, but some of their older stuff is cool. Um, but yeah, there are parts of it. Like it, Basically, this record feels like something new for August Burns Red while still giving you sort of those hints of like the Messengers Constellations era. Um, I also get a lot of vibes of, their uh, metalcore brethren silent planet um in this record because of some of the like more talky chanty parts with like the heavy drops and stuff like that i feel like there's a lot more of that in this record than usually in august burns red records and i'm saying that with sort of like understand that i've not been super big into august burns red since constellations um most of the stuff i've listened to has just been kind of boring to me since then and that might be blasphemy for a lot of people but that's just how i feel that's kind of, I kind of fell off. I liked Leveler, but that was kind of like where they like they kind of were on the the downward uh trajectory for me like in terms of my level of interest. And then I kind of like stopped listening to them for a while, but this one definitely piqued my interest again. So it's like I'll back up on the uh the upward trajectory for me too. So it sounds yeah. like we have a similar outlook on them. Yeah, I mean, Leveler was probably the last record that I listened to, like, in its entirety multiple times, trying to love it, but, like, following up Constellations, they just, you know, that's, like, between the barrier to me, following up Colors, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a tough task. Granted, BT Bam did a very good job with that. Yeah, I was just going to say, but, uh, that's, a, that's a bad example, because they actually did it. It is a but... bad example, it is a bad example, damn, because then they had freaking, uh, Great Misdirect was amazing, Parallax was amazing, <laughs> shit, that was a horrible yeah. example. Well, you um, picked one of like the. Uh, how about Lincoln S-tier. Park? Lincoln Park following up Meteora. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a better one. I like think. I think that's fair. Um, I was trying to think of something in the genre, but that, yeah, that was that was a bad example. Ignore that. <laughs> um, but still, I mean, Constellations is an all-time metalcore record, and then like you know, Leveler was just kind of meh, and then everything after that, like I'd listen to the singles, and then maybe 
dive into it a little bit. Uh, yeah, I actually can't even that. like remember the names of it. It's like right? Phantom Anthem or something. That is one. one. Yeah, and that was weird. Uh, that record was weird to me. I don't actually I, think I listened through the whole way on that one. Yeah, their Christmas stuff's kind of cool. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Overall, for me, they sort of fell off, and I think this is sort of a step back into, like, for me personally, saying this, and again, this is probably blasphemy for some people, but a step back into relevance for me. Um, and I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of this record. So uh, I think that just the Messenger's Constellations vibes that I get throughout, and that song with Jesse Leach is pretty cool, too. Yeah, I was gonna um, say there's some cool features because there's also uh, Jason Richardson's on Tightrope. Right, that Jason song's really Richardson cool. Richardson is just a literal robot. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm honestly convinced that he is a robot. It's the first uh, test of uh, human-like <laughs> AI to see who can who can find yeah, out. I I I can't be convinced that he's not a robot. So, um, so yeah, I mean, overall, this record is definitely a step in the right direction. Um, again, this is all opinion. But a step in the right direction for this band to kind of come back into relevance for me personally. Yeah. The, the one thing for me is some of the like vocal call outs in here are like in this album are kind of weird. Like it almost feels like like a pop punk show that they're like do some weird like vocal call out before a breakdown. And it's just like it just feels weird. Like the one was like uh if it was a tsunami, it would be like a thousand foot tall or whatever. It's like, I don't know, some of the like things that they do just to like rhyme and make it flow seem weird. So it's like from the lyrical standpoint, some of it is kind of like, like, huh, that could have been yeah. better. But like, I think overall the song structure is cool and the instrumentation is interesting and like the flow of the songs are really good. There's just like a couple of those songs where like, really? That's the lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, hey, they, they used to write just full on about Jesus. So, I mean, it's it's different now. Uh, and whether or not some people, you know, oh, this is this is better or worse or whatever. I mean, a lot of their lyrics in the back in the day too were a little, you know, depending on your how you feel about that kind of stuff, a little questionable. But um, but yeah, no, I agree. Overall, I think you know, from an instrumentation standpoint, like I said in the beginning too, like I feel like a lot of their stuff has gotten like almost heavier than they've ever been. But then, yeah. like I said, they do some, they do some weird stuff too that, you know, but overall step in the right direction. I'm a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely um, agree. I just, it was like that one thing, <laughs> like the one D mark for me on the album is like some of the, the vocal call outs are like a little weird, sort of like cringy at times, but I think overall, like the lyrics are good and like the meanings too behind the song are good. It's just like that call out is like, eh, that feels weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I can agree with that for sure. Um, but moving on to another band, uh, that we've been listening to for a long time that you're definitely way higher on than I am, but I'm still a fan. Um, and that's periphery, uh, P five gent is not a genre. Um, despite the name, we'll let it slide. That's right. That's <laughs> right. We've kind of built this entire, uh, this entire empire, so to speak, on on gent being a genre, but whatever, that's fine. We yeah, understand. they can't devalue our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, this is definitely probably your uh, your arena. I do have some things to say about it, but I want to hear your take on it first because I know you're probably way higher on this than I am. Not that I'm not high on it, but yeah, yeah I think so. I 
I don't like this one as much as I'd say as uh, like as P4 or, you know, like the uh, to me, like their highest tier with like P2. Um, I'd say P4 is probably like a close second. And depending on the day, they might flip back and forth there. I don't like P5 quite that much, but I still think it's a, you know, a very solid next step for them. And I think like just hearing like the progression of all of their their musical careers like you know they they did some samples that sounded very similar and reminiscent of P2 and had a lot of the sound of P4 which I liked um so I thought that that was cool um you know they keep with the like funny naming conventions and stuff like being a bunch of goofy guys and like uh Dracul Gross uh which is such a cool sounding name then you realize that it just means fat dracula and it's like oh you guys um that's actually probably like my favorite song on the album but the singles that they put out were really good too like uh wildfire and uh uh wax wings i think was one of the singles yeah, they wax put out. Wings. are all pretty solid I, I mean honestly like there's not really a song in my opinion on the, the album that's bad like there are some that are like maybe a little less memorable than others, but I feel like every song is at least like that's pretty cool. Was it Silhouette that like got a lot of shit because it's like kind of softer or something? Is that the yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, that's the I one. I know that's there was kind one of, like, track synth wavy kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because like I read a review of this record that was like Periphery's going synth pop, and I'm like, what the fuck record did you listen to? Um, <laughs> sorry for I don't know if we're allowed to say whatever. I don't care. Um, this is our <laughs> podcast, damn it. But um, yeah, we do what we want. But like to me, this record was sort of an amalgam of all things Periphery, like spanning their entire sort of discography. Like you got the genty riffs, you've got like the key and time change stuff, you got like the style changes. I mean, it drops into that like swing section, like that jazz swing section and wildfire that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And like, I mean, and then you got all the crazy, like the, you know, jetpacks was yes, but now everything is fine. And you know, the Drockel Grot, like, you know, they're still doing like the funny, crazy names. And like, this is just, it's a periphery record. Yeah. Um, I, and people either love periphery or hate periphery. Um, people i don't know where they get this expectation of why people are always like well why spencer and the clean vocals and this is shit because of clean have you listened to every other periphery <laughs> literally record? every like, single album like i just don't understand then just don't listen to periphery if like you know what i mean so yeah like, that's like, what are you expecting yeah that's what's weird to me about like periphery hate is it's like i don't know if it's just i mean a lot of it's probably just sarcasm you know like gent shit posting page like people just you know, get a <laughs> kick out of it um but like there are people who seriously post about this kind of stuff too that's just like well what do you expect you know like what have you not listened to their past stuff like this is literally like a culmination of everything they've ever done and i the one part that i don't necessarily love about it is there are a lot of riffs on this that sound recycled like it yeah. sounds it sounds too similar to things that have been done on other records but Overall, I mean, it's a great record. It's a technical, it's technically sound. I mean, all of these guys are fantastic musicians. It's a good record and it's worthy of being in this conversation. It's basically yeah. kind of where I, that's where I stand on it. Yeah. And that's why I think like 
like I mentioned about it not being quite as good as P2 and P4, because I feel like it borrows a lot of elements. Like it obviously makes sense that P4, because that's their most recent album prior to this one. So, you know, riding off of that, it would probably, you know, have a similar sound to it. But then they take some stuff from P2, but it does feel like more recycled than like paying homage to sort of like when we just talked about with ABR, like their songs sound reminiscent of the messengers and constellations, but it doesn't sound like they just straight up took a riff and brought it back. Um, exactly. And sometimes I think that that's cool. Like, you know, they do it like in BT Bam and colors too. They kind of, you know, do the Easter eggs, but it's like real small, quick parts, not like the main composition of the track. And so I think that is why for me that like this album isn't as high as those other ones, but definitely still a contender for, you know, my top albums of the year. Yeah. And I, I don't look at like how they brought sort of like, it, it wasn't as much like they brought a, like a, like a tonal theme from a different record back or something like that. Similar to like what between the buried and me did between like colors one and colors two, or like we've seen other bands do as well. Um, you know, it, it was more like, not quite the riff, but almost the riff kind of thing. And, you know, when you're just doing ones and zeros in certain riffs, like it's kind of hard probably to differentiate (laughs) too much, but, um, it's hard to make different dumb guy riffs. Right. But it just, I don't know. (laughs) I, at at times it just sounded a little too similar to, uh, as uh, you know, without actually intentionally being sort of a tonal callback or like, you know, an instrumental callback. It was more of like a, Oh, that sounds really close. Not quite, but really close to that. And I don't think it's supposed to kind of thing. But maybe it maybe it is supposed to. Who knows? But yeah. overall, great record. Um, but I let's let's go ahead and move on past uh, past P five here to to a band that I've been super high on for a long time, and that's Currents. Um, I feel like they are sort of pioneers or leaders, so to speak, in sort of like the modern metalcore genre um and they released a record called the death we seek um it's so good (laughs) it's very good um it's interesting because again i feel like this record is layering in sort of like some more industrial tones like similar to what a lot of metalcore bands are doing right now that i don't super like but i feel like they keep it real subtle on this record it's almost just like an accent sound more than just like, this is our identity now. So I was okay with that. (laughs) Um, One thing I noticed too, with this record is there's a lot of like, at least from what I'm used to from currents, there's a lot of like lower register, like heavy vocals that I'm not like almost like, like Alex terrible esque, like in a way that I, I didn't super expect. So it's like, he's almost exploring with like, different harsh vocal styles and i i like it i think like it blends well with the flow of this record yeah he definitely seems like he goes into that more like low like guttural like almost layered but like not like you know every time you hear alex terrible do that like low guttural vocal it's like are there more than one of him like (laughs) (laughs) yeah what is happening inside your chest cavity right now to make that sound right and um and I also feel like, and this is like a weird statement, but I'm going to say it anyways. I also feel like <laughs> lyrically, um, they're all, they like write their lyrics, like to speak specifically to like elder emos. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like they talk a lot about like, 
I don't know, like struggles and loss and shit like that. And there's other bands that do that same thing too. In this genre, I feel like era is, is very much in that realm. Um, like this is, this is a band like metalcore in general is kind of a genre for like people who listen to emo music that like have sort of adapted a more heavy sound. Um, and I feel like currents is probably one of the bands that fits that granted, you know, we weren't super into emo music. You and I, we were kind of, we kind of st- started in the metalcore vein, but we listened to a lot of like pop punk type stuff too. So yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's just a random, like probably controversial thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. I do think like, I mean, they've got that, um, with the, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the other album, but it has, uh, is it sleep apnea on it or apnea. Um, what the hell is that album from currents? Uh, but it's like, it, it, it seems like all their albums kind of deal with like struggles and like mental health and, and things which is like are common topics in like the emo scene. So I feel like that's yeah. a, a fair comparison and like, I wouldn't put them in like the screamo camp. No. You know, I think they're very like, very to me, much that's not a genre. Yeah. I mean, but... it's kind of like a sub genre. I would say like to me, you're either like metalcore or your emo I just like I don't know. I, I feel like Screamo is kind of thing. like the the strat like the straddling subgenre between the two. You know, I mean. Fair enough. I guess like you can kind of lump stuff like post hardcore. Oftentimes, like the bands in the post hardcore are oftentimes considered Screamo or like people label them that. So, you know, I guess it's yeah. all like how you wanna go. It's about just a labeling. triggering word. That that, <laughs> that that word's very triggering because like. I don't know. And maybe that's just for like metal elitists. And maybe that's like the part of me that like when I'm, when I was in high school listening to like between the barrier to me and someone would listen, you know, hear, hear like answer the sky or something and be like, Oh, why are you listening to that screamo? And you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I I do hate like, that's just frustrating. So it's a very triggering word. (laughs) I do hate the the term used improperly. Like if they are an emo band at their core, and then they have screaming vocals that I'm like, okay, screamo is an okay label to use. But yeah, too often people say like, they just think because it has the word scream in the name that it's anything with, you know, growling or screaming. Right. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, still, I'm tangent. still triggered. I'm triggered. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this, this record for me was like a continuation from like the way it ends back in 2020. That was a top two album at, album that year for me i don't remember if i had that one or two it was either that was one and then grave you from invent animate was two or vice versa but uh both of those records are amazing and the way it ends uh is still one of my favorite records um i love that record and so but they did to me sort of branch out and get heavier on this record which i like um you know, with the vocal experimentation, I feel like there's a lot heavier sort of riffage in this as well. And I feel like, uh, and I don't know if this is accurate, but since, uh, since like Lorna Shore dropped that, like through the hellfire, like breakdown, I feel like everyone's been trying to like put a breakdown or two in their records. That's just like, takes it, takes it a step further from what they've done prior. Um, 
And I feel like that happens a little bit on this record as well. So it's, it's interesting. Um, I don't know if I'm probably miss, you know, miscrediting. There was probably someone that did it before, before Lorna Shore, but I feel like that's what really put like crazy breakdowns sort of into the mainstream. Cause now you so you see like Will Ramos, like all over TikTok and shit with people who probably yeah, have no business reviewing anything metal related, like reviewing <laughs> his breakdown and stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. I think I, I have seen a lot of bands doing that, like, pushing the heaviness of their previous albums and usually bands trend the other way like the the older they get and like the more in the scene they are they kind of sort of get softer and and kind of divert more into like experimental yeah they'll either go more experimental or they'll go like more into like the rock camp and and stuff but i do like this trend that people are like how can i make like just a this most stank face inducing like breakdown in here. Like how can we make this part super heavy and, and stuff? It's, it's honestly a cool trend. So whoever's uh, responsible for it. Thank you. <laughs> I, I still stand by. I think Lorna Shore put that into the like mainstream. And now I think bands are seeing that as like a, well, if I do something similar, like this could be me. I don't know if that's true, but I'm sticking <laughs> by it. I mean, but. Lorna Shore did like have a huge explosion they're uh like for being a deathcore band they have like way bigger of a following than they probably like should have in quotes like they deserve all their followers but i mean just deathcore is kind of a not super approachable genre of metal yeah i was gonna say based on mainstream appeal of the genre they probably have more than yeah what you would expect they're almost a million monthly listeners yeah they all they're like not far off from coheed Right. Which is just way more accessible. Yeah. It's just wild to think that that's the case of like, he sounds like they slaughter a pig in <laughs> to the hellfire. And yet somehow they've got a million monthly listeners. You know, there's somebody out there with like lavender haze by Taylor Swift. And then through the hellfire to the hellfire, whatever the hell the actual name of that song is by Lauren ashore, like on the same playlist. There's somebody <laughs> out there. Um, and that, like, the other thing, too, is you're starting to see, like, heavy music creep into mainstream festivals, too. Like, Coachella, Knocked Loose playing at Coachella. Like, that, I mean, that's it's wild. With Billie Eilish sort of on the side of the stage listening to their set. Like, it's, it's interesting to see heavy music become more mainstream. It's really cool. Um, I, and, like, usually when heavy music becomes mainstream, it's with bands like Spirit Box who then adapt themselves to the mainstream and then become sort of less metal and more mainstream rock um you know bands like uh code orange is doing that too kind of sorry to sort of talk slightly ill of uh of a local band but code orange um as soon as they started making songs for like the wwe all of a sudden they sound kind of interesting different uh so to speak than their sort of hardcore roots yeah um but yeah i mean it's it's interesting to see the heavy like that sleep token drops their heaviest record and it now all of a sudden they're selling out Wembley stadium. Like it's interesting. Yeah. To see the trend and maybe that's going to be good for our genre, our genres. Yeah. I, I know there's some people that are like not happy about it and it's kind of like that sort of like, I feel like gatekeepy in a way that it's like, Oh no, you're getting your pop in my metal <laughs> and, and stuff. But I I think like it getting a broader appeal means that like 
there are more people that will want to pursue the music because there's actually like a shot at, you know, making, uh, making, making it a, a, yeah, making it a living. (laughs) And so then like, we'll get potentially like more like new subgenres or like kind of cool, weird, new, like mixes of things that we otherwise wouldn't have gotten. So I feel but like then also our ticket prices for shows might start going up and that yeah, could that's be, you true. know, there's, so there's, you know, there's the pros supply and, and demand, but as long as the music sort of stays, you know, consistent and doesn't sort of trend into like, you know, they're not dumbing down the music, so to speak for the masses, then I'm fine with that. Like if the masses yeah. are starting to sort of conform to the music instead of other way or the other way around, like I'm fine with that. Yeah, but, that's, uh, that's, I guess, too, my thing is, like, hopefully that's what it, it gets people, you know, in, like, the case of Lorna Shore. It's like, their music hasn't gotten softer, and yet their their following has blown up. So it's like, well, maybe they're bringing people in, so people will be like, I like heavy stuff, and like, yes, more heavy stuff, please. <laughs> it's like human nature to, like, you know, that that breakdown is just so ridiculous. Like, it's the same reason that, you know, TikTok videos of car crashes have like millions of views and likes and stuff. It's like, you can't look away. It's so ridiculous. It's so crazy. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, you see I feel like, like <laughs> it's like the music equivalent of that. Yeah. It's just like, what is this? And then you listen to it again to be like, there's no way this is a human being. <laughs> it's like, just keep listening to it. And then it'll just like grow on you. And you're like, well, now I like this music because I've listened to this guy sound like a slaughtered pig a dozen times. <laughs> This uh, this episode tangent brought to you by ADD. Um, just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a, so yeah, that was a weird tangent. Current, currents, the death we seek, great record. We kind of talked about it. Um, <laughs> it's heavy. Do you have it's anything awesome. else? Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to drop about that? Say about that. Uh, I think just uh, as far as like similarly, like when we talked with the other albums, like with Periphery and stuff. I think this album's like another one that just kind of like front to back it's you know though at worst their songs are like this is pretty good and then like you have your like oh my god this song is awesome so it's you know i think it's one of those albums that like there's not really like a skippable track so it's definitely worth checking out moving on to a band that is in a similar vein yeah, um, very much so. <laughs> it also seems to be in like a similar album release cadence because I feel like every time I'm talking about one of these bands, I'm talking about the other one. Uh, yeah, maybe they write together. <laughs> they might. Um, and that's Invent Animate. Uh, they uh, dropped a record called Heavener. And for me, it's like a continuation of Graveview. Uh, that was, again, I don't remember if it was like number one or number two back in 2020 for me, but it was either number one or number two. Um, that album is amazing. Uh, it, you know, it's got like sort of the relatable lyrics again, you know, talking about loss, talking about, you know, like they're very similar, like writing styles, both lyrically and instrumentally to like currents, um, and era, uh, this record, uh, there's a breakdown. What is the song name? There's, there's another, again, like we went on that tangent, like there's a breakdown in this record that like made me feel like okay they're doing the same thing they're trying to sort of like appeal to the masses i forget what the hell song it was called i have it written down somewhere um shade astray that's what it is oh yeah that's really good so like 
I just, I don't know. There's, there's moments in this record where you're just like, wow, that's way heavier than they usually are. The only thing for me, um, sort of negative ish. And I don't know if it's negative. I think I, that's kind of maybe up for debate is, uh, they don't do a whole lot different on this. Like they don't do a whole lot of things different on this record than they do on Graveview. Granted, Graveview again was like a top two record when it dropped in 2020. But it's like, is that going to get stale? You know what I mean? If you if you don't change it up enough, you know, there's two yeah. schools of thought, I guess. Right? If I'm staying <laughs> yeah. the same, you know, if it's if you know if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right? There's that mentality. But then there's also like how I feel about animals as leaders. Where yes, they're masterclass musicians, but there's not like a whole lot of differentiation in their sound for me. So it's like, yes, this is an amazing record. This is an Animals as Leaders record. I love it. Am I going to listen to it a lot? Because how different is it really than their previous releases? I don't fully feel that way about this record. Like I do think it has a lot of replay value. I think it's just as good, if not better, than Grave You. So it's going to likely be in my top five at the end of the year. But if they release another record that's kind of in the same vein, like how many records can they release like this without evolving in some way? Yeah. Before they start falling off for me. That's kind of my concern. Yeah. And I'm curious how you feel about that. No, I, I kind of I kind of agree with that, that it does feel very similar to to Graveview. I think I like this one better than than Graveview. So I th- I think for me it's like this is this feels sort of like the apex of this sound, then it's like their next album should differ in some way to make it so that they're like kind of choose a branching path there rather than like ride the wave and be like, all right, well, next album's going to be very similar too. So, you know, kind of start the like downward trajectory of uh, like excitement for their, their albums. But I do think it's it is very similar, and they don't do a ton of of different stuff. Um, but overall, I do really like the album, though. So, like, not to knock it too much about it being samey because it's good. But I, have, I definitely can see that concern. They do have a very distinct sound too. Like we sort of compare them to Currents and Era, but they do like have that you know that like blend of sort of like genty chuggy you know riffs mixed with sort of those like dissonant riffs mixed in like they they do like when you hear a song by them you kind of know okay that's who that is um so but so does animals as leaders you know what i mean so it's like yeah again we're back to the same sort of like okay they're doing their own thing um but they're not changing a whole lot i do think some of the breakdowns and stuff like that are heavier on this record than past records um so that maybe is like a slight change and maybe that's why I like this record a little bit more than I liked Graveview. Again, amazing records, both of them. Um, it's just how long can you sustain that before it gets stale? Yeah. Yeah, but, no, I definitely, I, I mean, I kind of feel that way with like with all bands when they release something that's that I really enjoy. It like sort of makes me like in the back of my mind, like, nervous about the next album of like where is this going to take them what what are they going to do next are they going to like you know copy paste and try and replicate the same thing like you know catch lightning in a bottle twice or are they going to like differentiate so they can like then maybe have even more success on the next album being like now we've got two different fan bases that we've congealed together because we changed our sound so much and but then you also run the the uh kind of 
issue there that you could run into is then you like bring in a fan base that then like the previous fan base is like, Oh no, what have you done? So, you know, I feel like as as an artist, it's, it's hard to like, please everybody. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And that's, yeah, it's, it's sort of pick your poison, I guess. Right. It's like, okay, we wrote this masterpiece grave you in 2020. Do we go in a completely different direction and then have people be like, well, what the hell just happened? Do we we try to like write another record in that same vein that had so much success? Like, I feel like, okay, if I'm in that position, I'm probably choosing the latter, right? I'm probably saying, okay, I'm going to write another record that's, you know, in the same vein as the record that had so much success. And then it's just, okay, so then just make subtle changes, maybe just sort of branch out a little bit, make one song that's like off the wall, like random, or not even, it doesn't have to be off the wall random. Um, (laughs) But, and again, I'm not telling them what to do either, because I, again, this album is amazing. Um, I'm just, I just hope, and, and honestly, they could write another record that's in the same vein next year or two years or three years or whatever their cadence is. And I'll probably be like, Hey, this record's just as good as the last one. Uh, are they going to get stale again? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They just, this just might be the special sauce for them that they just, you know, rinse and repeat, keep it going. And uh, yeah, I guess if it's every few years, then it's like, you probably would have like this album, you know, their previous release would have been something that like you're now at the point where you only listen to it occasionally. It's not like heavily on your rotation. So when they bring out something that's sounds like it, but you know, is three years removed from that previous one, then it's like, Oh, this kind of feels fresh because I haven't listened to that last album in a while. Yeah. I would say this record is like just fresh enough that it has its, it stands on its own, but like it teeters on the edge of that like repetitiveness, not repetitiveness, but sort of, well, yeah, we're just going to say repetitiveness that like, it makes you concerned that if it doesn't like, you know, that maybe the next record won't be different enough to stand on its own kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like right on that cusp of like, and I have seen people comment about, like, cause I've seen this, this record particularly blow up on social media and stuff, like all the like metal pages and stuff posting about it. And then I see like a bunch of people commenting or like, Oh, this is boring and stuff. So it does seem like, you know, there are people that kind of feel that way that like, it's just the same. If this was so. like the record that you were discovering in vent animate, I feel like this is like a no brainer, like top five album of the year. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, but it, it but with, sort of grave you being so high and you know, a record that I listen to a lot. Um, for me, that's just, there's still, there's just too much of like same. there's too much sameness. There's too much like in the same vein for me to be like, this is mind blowing. It's still very good. Again, like I don't want anybody to think that I don't think this record is amazing. It's still yeah. probably going to be top five. Um, but you know, whenever you, you have a baseline, you know, you've listened to their discography. You've listened to that 2020 record as much as I have. I just feel like, you know, yes, it's just as good, if not a little bit better, but there's just not a whole lot of change there. So it might get stale for somebody who's listened to their entire discography, because if the songs aren't different enough, like there's nothing (laughs) that stands out, then it's like, well, how much replay value is it there? If you've been listening to grave you for the last three years, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. But moving on to uh, a band that I'm sure everyone will be super shocked that we're about to talk about. Uh, (laughs) And that is the mighty 
in the mighty controversial uh, sleep token. Yeah. Um, Take me back to Eden. Uh, You either love this band or you hate this band, apparently, in this genre. And in my opinion, you either love this band or you're in denial. Um, (laughs) I mean, yes, I get it. Metal elitists will be like, oh, no, pop vocal in my music. But um, or, oh, no, like something that doesn't sound like a metal breakdown in my music. But um, holy shit, man. I mean, this is like. I've I've heard somebody call and I don't know who it is to give them credit, but some some outlet, some TikToker, some whatever said that this is like the musicians band. Um, I am not a musician. I'm not a good one. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate music and I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, they mix so many genres, they layer so many different sounds. It's just it's a masterclass of musicianship, and I understand people who just like straight up guitar riffage might find this, you know, type of music boring to a degree, but I think you're just dumb. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's it's just interesting because they do so many different things with different instruments, different, you know, synth sounds, whatever, all the different layering that like that's meant to replace just the straight up shredding. Yes. If you're looking for just a shreddy record, you're not going to get it here. But the different, like, just stylistic changes throughout this record, I just feel like there's something for everyone, and that's why they're blowing up like they are. Yeah, I think, like, I mean, it's still got your, like, your zeros and ones, dumb guy riffs, and your breakdowns, and, you know, like, that kind of <laughs> that kind of stuff, which I, I also love. But it it has, you know, it's got, like, R&B influence, some hip-hop stuff. It's got funk it's got it's just like there's the the poppy elements like it does mix so much into it that i just i don't know and i feel like every instrument gets its like fair share of limelight in this album you know like you have that cool funky bass riff this so like and rarely do bands give like super like you know uh limelight to their their bassist and he just gets to, you know, to shine in that part. That song is so good. And then, right. like, you get the synthy stuff, and then you've got an entire song that it's just Vessel singing. So he gets to, like, showcase his vocals. And then, obviously, you get, like, cool guitar riffage and stuff, too, that I think there's, like, something for a musician of every instrument in their music. In every genre. I mean, like, if yeah. you're a pop vocalist, I mean... This is, it's for everybody. And that's, again, that's why it's catching on. And for me, like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, you're just following the trend. You're just following the trend. Like, I've had sleep token songs in my playlist since 2017. Like, I had Thread the Needle and Jaws. Like, those songs were always, like, sort of outliers to my music taste back then. But, like, they were just heavy enough. And and something else that needs to be mentioned, because, I mean, I feel like enough people do mention this, but, like, their drummer is like oh he's so good like masterclass musician i'm incredible so it's like for the drums alone like yeah okay maybe you're not getting like the absolute melt your face off guitar riffs but like holy shit like even in songs that are poppy like jaws like the drumming is just next level so it's like and he he's like never plays in the pocket in like a part of a song that you would think would just be like pocket drumming, just you know, like your he's just simple full drum solo. 
Yeah, like you'll be <laughs> trying to like, you know, drum on your legs or kind of like bod your head, you know, to the, the drums. And then you like realize, oh, no, he's playing some weird shit that I can't I can't yeah. nod my head to. And it's like, but this shouldn't be this way. If it were like another band, it, this would be like a simple pocket kind of right. like, you know, your typical thing. But he's like doing some crazy stuff and you're just like, wow, this guy just never rests. Yeah, and they and they do the things that like you know prog prog fans enjoy with like the they obviously like you said they sort of have like the time signature changes and all that stuff the style changes but they also have like the callbacks like to previous songs previous albums whatever both lyrically and instrumentally that as Will Ramos said who is a big Sleep Token fan yeah. um you know, only the real sleep token fans would notice this. Right. But I mean, <laughs> anybody who's listening to the shit would, should notice it. Um, and just the, I mean, like that bass riff at that bass riff at the end of the summoning literally had us on Reddit threads looking for similar shit. Like, yeah, I mean, like, like if, more, please. <laughs> like if, if something has that type of impact, even if it's not necessarily like, Oh, this is my cup of tea. Like, this is what I listen to all the time. Like if something impacts you, if, if a minute, like a 60, 65 second, like segment of a song has you doing deep dives for anything that sounds remotely close to that, like that's something special. Yeah, I felt like a drug addict <laughs> in like an alleyway being like, please more. And, and like they do a lot of like one, one thing that I like sort of in my quote unquote, like softer metal is like songs that build, right? So it's like it starts off slow. You have like different and like, you know, the style changes or whatever, and then it just drops into something heavy at the end. Like we get that in The Apparition. Um, in previous records, we get that. Like we got that in like, uh, even in like songs like Atlantic and like Alkaline, like sort of like all a lot of their songs in their previous records, like they just build. Um, yeah. I feel like they do. They're probably the best in the scene at doing that. And yeah, like, the, I don't say that lightly because I mean, bands like Siamese do that really well too. Um, but like you think of all these masterclass bands in metal and prog metal, whatever, like, you know, you could throw out names like, I mean, we've said it about 50 times, but we'll say between the Barry to me or bands like Haken bands, like you know, like nobody does it to the degree that they do it in my opinion. Yeah, and I think, like, they do a good job, too, of, like, they do that building and then, like, get heavy at the end, but they do it sometimes where they'll throw you off of, like, you think it's building to something heavy, but then it doesn't, and it's kind of like, oh, I didn't, like, I expected it to do that because that's oftentimes what you guys do, but they throw in some changes just enough that it, like, kind of keeps you, like, on your toes and, like, what's happening. And then, like, the summoning, it's, like, it gets heavy, and then it kind of stops and then it comes in with the funky riff to like as the can, outro. And you're how like, you can have like a funky breakdown and have it, you know, in a year where we have all these bands striving to like make the heaviest possible breakdown, like we said earlier yeah, and have like a funky breakdown and have it be the most memorable breakdown of the year so far. Like, <laughs> only sleep token could do that. Yeah, it is. And I like, I know some people are like, they don't like the whole like shtick of like the masks and like not knowing who they are. And they think sure. it's like cringy and, and gimmicky and stuff. And like, I can, I can understand people not liking that, 
to me, that's honestly probably my least favorite thing about Sleep Token. If I'm being honest, I, oh, really? I I'm not big into that whole like anonymity thing, like the you know slip not rip off type thing. Like I'm not huge into that. I like that they've sort of built like one thing that Slipknot doesn't do, even though they like do the masks and shit is like the reason why sleep token does it is it's built into the lore of sort of what they write about even, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. So like, because of that, I'm okay with it. Like it's, it's, you know, it's a, you know, it's a theme, right? Like there's sort of everything that they have, uh, you know, concept album to the next level. Right. Yeah. (laughs) you know, like Coheed and Cambria builds the, Hey, there's my Coheed reference. Coheed and Cambria <laughs> sort of builds their theme around a fictional story that they sort of have a comic book series as their outlet for that. And, you know, sleep token, it's kind of like a, a an entire, like they've sort of adapted it as their own, like sort of persona. It's like a stage show almost sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. To me, it's like, because it, it seems to make like the, the, presentation of you know like the actual shows more entertaining in that way that it's like it's different and and stuff so and for me i kind of i don't view it so much as like like slipknot in that way but i mean i definitely see the comparison and like it makes sense to me i don't maybe it's just my brain but i kind of view it almost as more of like a like an arg that it's like, who are these people? And so I'm viewing it on the side of like the whole like internet conspiracy theory things. Yeah. And I'm just like, I love listening to that stuff. Like most of them are stupid and like wildly fake and like people are nuts. But my but I like listening that, to them. My wife thought that uh, or thinks that slash thought that uh, Vessel was Chris Daughtry. <laughs> um, yeah. and I was like, there's no way that's bullshit. And I, I, I know who vessel is. Like, I feel like most people who have a, a web browser know who vessel is now, but, um, and I'm not going to say it just, to, I don't want to spoil it for anybody else, but to back up her theory, Chris Daughtry covered chokehold at like one of his <laughs> yeah. shows. And then it's just like, what the, f-? like even Chris Daughtry, someone who you would never expect to be like, into like sleep token sleep token fan is covering chokehold at like live in front of probably a room full of boomers like it's very interesting <laughs> so like just how many people like this band or love this band yeah i mean it's it's crazy the reach that they have i mean for me there are some throwaway songs on this record like do you wish that you love me i could do without that re- that song yeah I'm honestly not super big on aqua regia either um and like, are you really okay? I could probably do without, but honestly, that's probably it. Like everything else for a while, I was like, oh, the singles are the highlights and everything else is kind of boring. But like the apparition grew on me. Rain grew on me. Um, Euclid grew on me. Take me back to Eden is probably my favorite song on the record, even though the summoning slaps so hard, uh, <laughs> Yeah, both literally and figuratively, because I hear that bass. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> because bass, <laughs> But I mean, you get your heavy from like Vor and like honestly parts of Take Me Back to Eden, like the title track. Yeah, um, that's the other thing. Vor has that very like black metal-y, like layered yeah. vocals too. So that's another thing they do too. And like kind of subgenres of metal, they touch different ones in addition to just like completely different genres. They're also digging into different subgenres of metal too. Yeah. So they're literally like they have something for everyone built into one record. 
Yeah. And bands that do that definitely have mainstream appeal. And when they're all, when you also factor in sort of the, the like costumes and the stage show and all that stuff, you know, you're going to pique people's interest because they're going to be like, who is this band in masks that, you know, if they heard a song like granite or something, you know, who's this band in masks or like the apparition that sounds like Justin Bieber doing a Breaking <laughs> Benjamin impression or something like, like who is this? And then they become intrigued and then they do a deep dive and then they find songs like jaws from, you know, seven years ago or however long ago that song came out. And it's like, okay, this band has a little bit of everything and I can say, I like this band and then I can be a little edgy. And then, you know, you got, <laughs> you got girls on TikTok who reviewed Taylor Swift's new record. And then right after that are like doing makeup tutorials to chokehold. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's interesting <laughs> to see yeah. the reach that they have. Yeah. I feel like, and I know, uh, your, uh, <laughs> your thoughts on this one, but I feel like bands like Poppy and stuff or other bands that they've like brought that appeal of like bridging that gap sort of, of like making people like, well, while she's mostly Poppy in, <laughs> pun intended to me, she's just ripping off like Japanese culture. Like I don't like her at all for that reason. Like I don't like that type of shit, but like, but I see what you're saying. Like they're doing Bands that do or artists that do like a mix of like popular music meets metal, like are yeah, then it helping like, to bridge that and which maybe is why Lorna Shore has so many goddamn monthly listeners. Yeah. After, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like it's like even like the experience when we went to uh, the Millville Music Festival, like my mom who doesn't like the uh, unclean vocals. Shout out. Shout out, Barb. Yeah. And uh, but then you know, like actually seeing a band live and seeing like the energy and being like, oh, this is more than just screaming. There's actually like something to this. And I feel yeah. like the bands that do that like poppy, but then we throw in some metal, then it like brings those people that otherwise would have been like, oh, metal's just screamy, angry music. But then their favorite artist does something very metal-like and they're like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. And even if it's just because it's the artist that they like worshipped, and that did it. It's like, well, it brought you here. I don't really care how it got you here, but now you're you're in our world now. Yeah, and, and I mean, you see more and more uh, like mainstream artists toying with um, like heavier versions of their songs too. Like I know, like Childish Gambino, for example, was on like. Uh, like Jimmy Fallon or something like that and did like had like guitars and drums and like almost a heavy sort of rendition of, I don't even remember what song it was, but, uh, that's cool. But I like people, yeah, people loved that. And then like Doja cat did that whole, like ripped off that Pliny riff or whatever, like her, like whoever made like the, I don't remember what song that was either because this, I don't super listen to like that type of music, but, um, you know, you see these artists sort of dabbling into like, heavier sounds it's almost like this sort of merger of like popular meets the stigma of like heavy music is sort of starting to fade away people don't associate heavy music as much with just like although granted sleep tokens masks kind of like you would think that it would go against this but they don't sort of associate (laughs) it with like satan anymore right like it's not really it is honestly weird that sleep token is the band that is like bringing yeah. people in despite the fact that like 
And maybe they're just not looking at photos. Maybe they're just like right. listening to the music because that's just like something. They sure like, as hell, sure as hell, aren't seeing them live because God, you can't get tickets. They sell out in ten minutes. Yeah, it's, but it is funny that like that is the band that just like because if you look at them like in their costumes and stuff, like it is probably one of the more frightening. Aside from like some of the black metal artists, probably yeah, one of the more frightening acts to be like. I like this band, and then be like, oh. What? It's like that. It's like that meme where it's like, uh, it's like a purple house and a black house or whatever, and it's like which band look looks like this but sounds like this. Like that's like the perfect meme for <laughs> yeah. sleep taking. Yeah, it is. That is the perfect thing. And I mean, you know, hey, if, but like if, the reversal usually, right? Because usually that meme's like saying like, oh, they look super like preppy and happy and poppy, but then they sound super heavy. Like sleep tokens, the reversal of that. They look super heavy, but like they're—I mean, with the exception of some moments and some songs, they look like the the black house. <laughs> they look the like the bla- exactly, exactly. <laughs> but honestly, we could probably talk about sleep token for another hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so we could probably we could probably uh, stop there. I think uh, you know a lot of these records. I it's probably pretty obvious which record's going to definitely be there at the end of the year out of this list for us. I mean, we just probably spent most of this talking about sleep token here. Uh, that record's <laughs> just all time for me right now. And pro- I believe you as well. Yeah. It's um, uh, one of the ones that I, I listen to every week. <laughs> oh yeah. I think I listen to them daily. Like it's, it's probably too much, <laughs> but um, just some of that stuff, man, it's just captivating. Like, like you said, I mean, we spent like how long going down freaking rabbit holes, trying to find something that, sounded like just that 60 second riff there but um but um you know there are other records that i think are gonna have staying power as well maybe not to that degree um i can't wait to hear this tesseract record i I, the single i think drops uh july 12th i think is what i've heard yeah yeah i actually just saw it like a few hours ago before we started recording i saw that they posted that um that first single's dropping yeah, so I think that'll be that'll be a pretty good indicator of how that record I think is going to go. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff to look forward to. Uh, really excited to see which records on this list make it. Um, and just going to throw this out there too. This episode's brought to you by Eargasm Earplugs. Um, use code Gentleman Ten at checkout for a discount. Take the step to protect your hearing today. Um, just throwing that out there because. Uh, I went to a show recently and I didn't wear earphones or earplugs for a hot second. Um, for the first part, actually it was rivers of Nile. Thank you. Scientists between the bear to me and rivers of Nile kind of like snuck out. Like I didn't really see them come out. Um, and people were, I think were in shock that like they were opening and thank you. Scientists was kind of like main support. Oh so, yeah. Like, I thought it would have been the other, other way. Yeah. Too. So like there wasn't a whole lot of like, woo, like in the beginning. Right. So they just went straight into something heavy. I don't know what it was, but I was like, ah, so I was like trying to fumble, you know, cause they're in their little, like the protective case, which is super nice fits on your keys. Great. Um, trying to get them out and get them into my ears. And, uh, after their set went down to the, uh, to the bar and, uh, my ears were ringing a little bit. I was like, wow, I didn't notice how well these work really. Cause I mean, I've just been wearing them religiously. My wife works in ENT and, uh, when I don't wear my earplugs if i didn't wear my earplugs i'd probably get my ass kicked um (laughs) 
I'm I'm afraid of her, so I try to you know I try to listen. But um, yeah, I mean, for a while I just was like, oh, I'm just doing this to appease her. But now I'm like, no, I'm doing this so that I can hear when I'm 70. So yeah, it's it's actually like, um, it's wild how you don't get that like cotton ball effect in your ears afterwards, but like you still get to enjoy the show. Like you can still hear everything well. Um, you know, like conversations with people next to you is hard, but I mean, that's just inherently a thing. It shows like you got to scream to the person next to you if you want to have a conversation, but, and it honestly feels like you're wearing a set of earplugs, right? Not, or earphone, like headphones. Yeah. Like to me, that's what it feels like. It's almost like you're dialing in your sound with a pair of headphones, you know, and in the past I've wore those little, like the little like foam ones that you just shove in your ears and they like sort of irritate your ears and stuff like here. It just literally feels like I'm wearing headphones, like with the eargasm ones. So, yeah. Um, and they're that like silicone material. So they like, they don't hurt. They're not like uncomfortable or anything right. and, and stuff. So they, you kind of like almost forget that they're in until like the band stops playing and then you try to talk and you're like, why is it harder to hear you? And then exactly. you're like, Oh yeah, I've got these in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyways, we'll stop this. This isn't, uh, you know, we don't, we're not trying to like force anything on anybody. This is all like legitimate. Like I'm actually really happy that I have these. Um, yeah, they're great. And we're just fortunate that they sponsor us. So uh, definitely go uh, check them out. And if you decide to make a purchase, Gentleman 10, D-J-E-N-T-L-E-M-E-N 10 at checkout. And uh, we actually have a link on our link tree, which is in our bio on our social media pages. Um, that'll actually apply that for you right off the bat. So you don't even have to worry about remembering that code, but just in case gentlemen, 10 at checkout and, uh, keep an eye out for new episodes. Um, we're hoping to be able to record a little bit more. I mean, life is crazy. We do have some interviews scheduled. Um, so there will be more band interview content if nothing else, but, uh, we have a couple more ideas as well. Hoping to be able to find time to record, uh, hopefully before the next like two month break or whatever this was. <laughs> so it was only four weeks. So, Oh, okay. That's not terrible, but, um, we've had longer. Again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we really have. So I feel like we've, we started off like real hot and then like life yeah. happened. Right. Yeah. Things but, got um, crazy, but you know, thanks for your patience, everyone. Thanks for listening. And, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks.